You're listening to Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Elland. The Gardasil vaccine is widely marketed by the vaccine manufacturers and health authorities as a preventative from contracting the human papilloma virus that causes cervical cancer. The doctor who was involved in the approval process for Gardasil says parents shouldn't risk their child's health in getting the vaccine because the rates of getting cervical cancer are extremely low. Today, we're going to talk to a mother whose daughter got the Gardasil vaccine and then her health problems started, problems that were rectified with the use of cannabis oil. And joining us from Newfoundland, Canada, is Dana Willer. Dana, very good of you to do this. Thank you. Thank you. So great to connect. How old was your daughter, Haley, when she got the Gardasil vaccine? Uh, My daughter, Haley, got the Gardasil vaccine in 2010. Um, she was one of the first rounds of uh, vaccinated because we had HPV vaccine come in here in the province. And so, you know, it was uh, probably maybe a year or so before that, I guess, I guess that it came in. So she was one of the, you know, first rounds of, of that particular vaccine. So when she she had always been a competitive figure skater, so she was relatively, you know, one of these really active, healthy kids. She was always on the ice, and that was a big part of her life. Um, always high energy, just go, 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 could hardly keep up with her. Like that from the very beginning, the time, from the time she was born, she was like that. And uh, so after the Gardasil vaccine, um, and every vaccine, to, to be honest with you, that she had ever received as an infant right to that age, she had a reaction from. She would always get the stiff arm and the the fevers and the you know the malaise, all those things, the the fatigue, everything. So it was just those were the common symptoms for her after vaccinations. But after the Gardasil vaccine, I started to know she started to notice that she just didn't feel herself, and I was looking at her noticing changes as well with her skin tone. I noticed she was paler and um, she had uh, oh she her skating was really going downhill. She was just losing all kinds of uh, energy because she. She started to gain a little bit of weight, and um, then she was had an injury that, you know, there was all these things. It was uh, some, um, let's see, anxiety she started to experience, which she had never had before. Um, and then she was that made her scared because she didn't know where, where that feelings were coming from. Um, there was uh, some ovarian cysts that she had gone into the hospital for um, a couple of times, and those were things that were never an issue before either. So, uh, you know, there were several different things, autoimmune issues, and I'd been bringing her back and forth to the doctor for a couple of, two, three years after the vaccine, and, you know, just concerned about her because I knew there was just something off, but she just never seemed herself, and I just, as a mother, you kind of had that instinct that you know there's something not wrong with your child. And so I think that, you know, the doctors used to just pass it off and wanted to put her on antidepressants this and that and you know that for me wasn't the answer like I knew there was a root cause here and we needed to get to that and and she's not a by nature worried kind of kid or anybody that experienced had experienced anxiety before that so you know there was just physiological things that really put me into having to you know figure out 
what's going on. So Dana, in just 2013, to, yeah. Just want to interrupt and, and ask you, how old was uh, Haley when she had this? When, oh, she, okay. when well, she first got the uh, well, HPV the, vaccine. Uh, well, one month before her 19th birthday, she got diagnosed with leukemia, and that was in 2013. So she would have been 15. 15 when she first when she had the HPV yeah. vaccine. Yeah. Somewhere around there, yeah. Dana, with her health deteriorating, did you yes. attribute it to the HPV vaccine at the time? No, that wasn't even that wasn't even something that I thought of. Not a. It's only when I piece it back now, looking back to when her health started to deteriorate, I can go back to where the HPV vaccine came into play. Mm. And, and that was because through my research from her illness, I started to find out a lot of things that I didn't wasn't aware of before through all my research. And one of them was the, the dangers of vaccines, in particular the HPV vaccine. So as you know, as I was going through my research, it just put me back to check into that. And when I did, I all the symptoms and all you know, the whole story was so similar to so many others. And I figured, you know, there's got to be something going to this story. Then I came across a story about a little boy that had been given the Gardasil vaccine accidentally. Chase Topperwine, he was a little boy who'd also developed leukemia after the HPV vaccine, accidentally given to him. Ah, uh, and then the story started to come together yes, for you. Yes, so it all started to come together for me then because I started to realize, well, this is a little boy. For one thing, why is he getting an HPV vaccine when this is supposed to be a cervical cancer? And then they were saying, well, oh, because men pass on. So, you know, I, I just – and now they're actually trying to give this HPV vaccine to boys. And I just read a story in locally here in Newfoundland that they want this to be given to boys. And it's just ludicrous. It's not, it doesn't work for females, never mind the males. It's just going to cause problems. I've read stories of other males that have been paralyzed through the HPV vaccine. You know, I was reading a story this morning about uh, Diane Harper. She is one of the experts. You familiar with her? Yes, I am. Yeah, she was a professor and chair of the Department of Family and Geriatric Medicine at the University of Louisville. She was an expert that worked for Merck at the time, I believe. Yes. uh, And was involved in the approval process for the HPV vaccine Gardasil. She said in a speech last September, last year, that 70% of all HPV infections resolve themselves without treatment and 90% do so within two years. Yes. And she says the HPV vaccines only work for four of the 40 strains of the disease. Yes. And she says in 98% of cases, it clears itself, but in those cases where it doesn't, and isn't treated, it can lead to precancerous cells which may develop into cervical cancer. But here's what I found uh, really interesting. She said, some of the side effects experienced by those receiving the HPV vaccines include seizures, blood clots, brain inflammation, lupus, Guillain-Barre syndrome, a rare but serious autoimmune deficiency that causes the immune system to attack and damage nerve cells. Now, when when I was in commercial radio, and I used to do stories uh, in opposition to the HPV vaccine, and um, health authorities used to get, quite frankly, pissed off at me right? because I did that. But uh, it wasn't my opinion. It was the opinion of scientists and doctors. That's right. And this is the thing. I'm not spouting information that I'm just, you know, making up myself. These are things that I'm gathering from respected, you know, people that are trying to get to the bottom of why we have such epidemics of illness in our kids these days. And, you know, we're looking at the future of humanity here. So something we need to figure out and we need to to stop the reasons why 
we're, we're putting out kids these days that are, they're not going to be healthy in the long run. And the reason is because they start off from day one getting a vitamin K shot. So your daughter is... And so people are not aware of... Sorry, I'm, if, and people no. are not aware of the dangers of vaccines. They willingly go along with this. So from day one, you're, you're putting your child at immunocompromised risk of whatever is any disease, any illness, because we're all capable of it. We're all capable of any illness. So take us through your daughter's story. She's a teenager. She gets the HPV vaccine. Her health starts to de- deteriorate, and then she gets leukemia. So yes. That must have been... That must have been a hell of a shock to you. It was, and it was almost like a culmination of all my fears at once. That just everything just fell down around me because I had known all along that there was something not right, and for it to result in that, that was the whole thing. I, I went against my intuition in many respects because had I realized that this was because of all these vaccines over all these years and, you know, the different environmental factors, all these things. And then I felt guilty because I was like, well, I'm the one that gave her the vaccines. I'm the one that, you know, made better these foods that have preservatives, this, that, and the next thing. And so then I felt really guilty for all of it. And because of that, that's why I said, well, you know what? I've got to alert other parents that these are the contributors to our kids when they become sick. It's because they're, immune systems are compromised right from the beginning when we have i mean there's been studies done just recently of vaccinated versus unvaccinated and they've pulled that those studies from the internet because it proves that the unvaccinated children are healthier mm-hmm. so did Haley undergo chemotherapy yes what six weeks intensive chemotherapy in the hospital which did put her into remission um I'm not going to ever contribute to the fact that the that the chemo did that. I'm going to I'm always going to to attribute it to the fact that my daughter had the will to survive and she managed to survive the chemo. How did she react to that chemotherapy as far as side effects? Every side effect imaginable. She had um, sores that grew in her throat and her mouth, her tongue. Um, couldn't swallow. She had overproduction of saliva glands. So they had given her one of those things the dentists use to suck the saliva. She constantly had that in her mouth. The whole saliva, the bin would fill up so often throughout the day they would have to come and change it. Um, couldn't really do a whole, there was, you know, 10 days where she had a fever that would not, every night she would have a fever and they said, you know, we need to wait for this fever to break. So I, this is actually what happened in the 10 days that that fever, while she was in that hospital bed, the, the morning that she woke up was the first morning. She said, mom, can you open the curtains? Cause she had wanted the curtains closed. She just wanted darkness. She wanted to be alone. She didn't want people to speak to her. She wanted to be left alone with her sickness. And the whole thing through that, while that was happening was I really believe that she was, her soul was preparing itself to, to heal. I really believe that's what was going on. I don't believe that there's any any evidence to prove that chemo is a healer. I really believe a lot of times that it's the, the will of the soul because all of us have our certain amount of time here. We all have our path while we're here, and you can't. no one can determine how long that's going to be. Yes, our free will determines what we put into our bodies, what we choose to do to heal, those kinds of things. But I believe that the reason why she survived through the chemo was for us to learn what we learned through it to teach others. How did cannabis enter the picture? Cannabis came in because she had been feeling so miserable with the vomiting all the time and the 
all the rest of it. And, you know, she's a mom, you know, I've been reading online that smoking it is good for nausea and she hadn't been a stranger to cannabis. She had smoked it before, which, you know, um, most teenagers do try it. And so I said, well, I'll look into it and make sure that it won't interfere with your chemo. <laughs> Cause that was the mindset I had at the time that this was the way that you, you heal was through the modern protocols. And, uh, so when I was doing my research, what I actually came across, came to find out was the total opposite of what I had always believed was that the chemo was actually interfering with the ability of the cannabinoids to heal her. <laughs> like those cannabinoids can enter your body in any way, which is through smoking, but the oil is how you need to ingest it in order to heal the cancer. But I was concerned, like I said, about the cannabis affecting the chemo working with her, working on her. I realized that people actually are prescribed it through chemo. So she started to do it. So as I was reading all through this, this is how I came across the oil story, was I came across a guy named Elias from a website called uh, CureYourOwnCancer.org. And on the website, this guy named Elias had cured his leukemia without chemo or, or any type of other intervention, just natural means. And he was in remission and doing great, raising his family, no side, no, no negative side effects, just living life. And so when I read the story, he had two videos posted one of the videos was dated May 29th, which was my birthday. And the other video was dated November 17th, which was my daughter's birthday. Wow. So that was the synchronicity from the universe that I believe that showed me, okay, there's some, you know, you can't ignore these two dates. These are, But the thing was, I found that on my mom's birthday. <laughs> so I have a screenshot of this story and the videos and the dates. And I, and when I look back two years down the road, after realizing all this, all, all these things, um, that date that I had found that story was on my mom's birthday. So it was, <laughs> it was totally meant for me to, to learn the can that cannabis is really, Dana, <laughs> what did you know about cannabis prior to this? Oh, just, just the same as everyone else. You know, the brainwashed theories and the brainwashed, you know, the oh, you know, this is a demon drug and you don't get into this as a gateway. And, you know, before that, those are the same things that I, you know, we all believed until we experience it completely opposite. <laughs> Tell me about uh, how your, your daughter Haley started taking cannabis oil and what that did for her. Oh my lord, it was such a turnaround and the whole interesting part about it was is that I started to make the oil and because I, I began to make it on my own, I wasn't going to buy it online because I've been reading horror stories about people getting the wrong oils and this and that and so I said, well I'm going to do it myself because I want to know what's going into my daughter, I want to know that this is what I'm giving her. Yeah. So I started to make it myself and uh, I did the first way that I made it was with coconut oil. I had a magical butter machine that I borrowed from someone that I know and uh, made the the coconut oil extraction and gave her that. And so what I was giving her was about 10 mils a day uh, just because I had 10 mil syringes. So I was giving her full, the full 10 mils per day. Um, so I started it on a Monday cause she used to get blood work every single Monday through her hematologist. So they, they were checking on her weekly, you know, or blood work every week and for, you know, while we we're being under their care, cause we kind of left their care. But, um, while we were under their care, they were testing her every single week. So the very first week we, we gave her the oil on the Monday and she had her blood work done that morning. So we came home and got the oil, gave it to her. And then that full week, she took the oil every single day. She had her blood work done on the following Monday and we had an appointment to go in and see the doctor that week. So when we went in, 
we asked, how's the blood work? Because I knew what I was doing, but the doctor didn't necessarily know what was going on. And she said, well, she said, it's really, really good. She said, Haley, you know, you're doing great. She said, your blood works fabulous this week. And, you know, everything's stable and there's nothing to worry about. Everything looks great. And so up to that point, there had been all kinds of erratic, uh, changes in the blood work. There'd be the, this would be up or that'd be down. It was, you know, constant goal issues there. And uh, so when the oil was completely stable, I said, wow, you know, that's great. And so the next week, same thing. Oh, everything's great. You're doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. So then I went to the next appointment and said, okay, this is what we're doing. <laughs> we're giving, I'm giving her, and this is what's going to happen going forward. Um, I pretty much let her know that they weren't going to talk me out of it. And it was, Haley was an adult. At this point, 19 years old, she can make her own decision. And so, they, you know, she didn't disagree and she didn't tell us not to. She tried to continue with the modern and asked several times, were we going to go back to the cannabis, to the, to the chemo? We said, no, we're done with the chemo. She's so much better. Her hair was all back in. Her energy levels were back. She was in, you know, in the secondary, post-secondary education when they had told her, no, you can't do that till your full modern protocol is up, which would have been like a two and a half years, almost three year period. So she started school seven months into she was on chemo when she started school. <laughs> so with the cannabis oil, um, she had no more nausea, no more getting up at six, six to six thirty in the morning, vomiting. That's what I woke up to every morning. I could pretty much clock it. Okay. Haley's awake. This is the beginning of another day of sickness, but the cannabis oil and all that stopped. There was her appetite came back. She, you know, there was just so many positive things. There was no more suffering. It was almost like she wasn't even sick anymore. And that's pretty much all I can tell you. She traveled. She, she was told no, no traveling. Um, you know, you're immune suppressed if you're on chemo, but once we quit it, everything went back to what you would consider normal, which is <laughs> what our lives were like before when she was healthy. So how this happened in a matter of weeks, yes. the, the return to normality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like the whole feeling of, wow, like we know we can beat this now and that this is, a, you know, something that we can put our faith in because we had seen the blood results and you can't argue with that. There's no discrepancy in the blood work to, you know, you can't argue and say, Oh, well it wasn't the cannabis because it was the cannabis. The blood work hadn't been great till then. She was miserable. She was sick. She was back in the hospital with infection. She, you know, there was just always an issue. And as soon as we made the decision to quit the chemo altogether, or she made the decision, I, I let her make the decision. I never tried to sway her to do anything that wasn't within her realm of, what she wanted to do. And, you know, she was an adult and in her own heart, she knew that the chemo was killing her. I want she to... knew that it was, po- she felt the poison in her body. And she, like she said, once the cannabis came in, everything, everything just went. Yeah. She was healthy. I want you to tell the story about the incident in which the chemotherapy drug was actually accidentally yes. spilled on her skin. Yes, that was that was one of the major catalysts for me to start to question the chemotherapy itself. I, we were there in the room and she was getting her port changed cause she had a chest port. And uh, so they took the bag like they normally did. And they were just removing the bag to put on the new one. And of course, when they did that, it spurted out onto her clothing. She had a t-shirt on in the bed and it got on her landed on her clothing. And with that, the nurse, like she pressed some kind of a, a button, a panic button, I guess. And the next thing there was people in the room and they were like, had stripped her shirt off, stripped the clothing off the bed, uh, had me move out into the hallway. And 
I was panicked because I was saying, what's going on? Like, wh- what's happening? And she said, oh, she said, you can't be exposed to the, to the chemotherapy. She said it can cause cancer. And then when she said that, all I could think of to myself was, if it can cause cancer to me being in the room or the nurse not being protected or someone not being protected in the room and it's on my daughter, how can it heal her inside? It didn't make sense at all to me. And that was really when everything clicked into me. I was like, this doesn't make sense. It just logically doesn't make sense. Yeah, if it's dangerous on your skin on the outside, what the hell is it doing on the inside? Exactly, and I just couldn't that I couldn't wrap my mind around that. And I've always been a born researcher, born truth seeker. You know, that's just always how I've been my entire life. And I knew darn well there was more to what was going on here. You know, it just woke me right up out of a of a deep sleep, basically, to the reality of what was going on. And you know, it, everything changed that day in the hospital for me. When that happened, it really did. It was such a huge catalyst. Like I said, that put me into where, okay, no, there's got to be more to this. There's got to be. How much cannabis was Haley taking each day? Um, 10 mils of coconut oil extraction. That's what she was taking. 10 mils every day. Now, when did you find out that her leukemia was gone? I found out her leukemia was gone in six weeks after the chemotherapy she went into remission um six weeks after they let her go home and they that day she really want my my daughter hated being in the hospital she just couldn't stand even being sick like she even she just was a terrible patient she just wanted to be in her own house out of the hospital didn't want to be sick didn't want to be there and um so huh Sorry, just remind me of that question because there's so many things that I go back to with that. No, I'm, I'm just wondering from the time she started the cannabis oil to the time she was declared free of leukemia. I'm just wondering okay. how, how long that period was. Oh, no, she was declared free of leukemia before she started cannabis oil. Oh, I see. But they wanted to continue on it for three years. Yes. Just to make that's sure. That's the it, protocol. That is the protocol for leukemia. Uh, just to make sure it doesn't come back. Oh, that's what they tell you. Yeah, to yeah. make sure it doesn't come back. But meanwhile, they're keeping you immune suppressed when there's no cancer there to fight. Mm-hmm. So she starts on the cannabis oil. She's feeling fine. She gets back to normal. Her hair grows yeah. back in, and she goes to school. Well, her hair was already already starting to grow back in, but it started to come back in and begin to grow longer. Like it was just getting healthier. It was filling in in the patches that were not in. You know, things like that. Just just her whole overall health improved. Her skin tone. Her eyes were brighter. Just everything. Just everything. What about her mental state? That too. You know, she's amazing to me. Her mental state from the get-go has just been the most gigantic source of inspiration for me. If And this is the funniest thing that she said to me. You know, she said, Mom, if this had been you, you'd be dead by now. And I would have been. When I, if I had been diagnosed with cancer and leukemia, I would have had myself dead and buried because I would have not believed that I could have, I would have really thought that there's no way I'd be able to overcome it. I really would have been one of those people that had myself dead and buried. And she was, she's right about that when she said that. But, you know, when she even got diagnosed, the very first word she said was, well, give me whatever you got, she said, to put me in remission because I got a lot of stuff I got left here to do before I go. That was what she said to the doctor. She said, give me whatever you got. And it was almost more or less like she was going to take it on. And she said to me, Mom, I'm just going to look at this as that I'm sick. I'm going to get better and I'm going to go home. And that's exactly what happened. 
Yeah, she had a will to live, didn't she? She oh, her will was just so strong, and I really believe that's what pulled her through it. It wasn't her time. It's I mean, we're all going to get out of here at some point, and we're all going to get out of here in whatever way. It just wasn't her time, and she was one of those people that pulled through the whole thing and is here today to tell the story of how she learned what she learned and what we both learned and how it is possible to heal yourself naturally without the suffering, without the the fear, without the anxiety. It sounds without like she's the, got an incredible uh, attitude. Amazing. She's got, yeah, she's such a positive, positive person when it comes to that. And she really believes she's invincible. And I think you need to have that to believe you're going to survive. I really do. That's a, that's a fundamental thing you need within yourself to believe that you have the power to live. Did your daughter teach you that? She did. That's the whole thing. <laughs> I learned everything that I have learned from her, from this whole experience, through the thought of losing her. That's what put me on this path. And I do believe we're all here with our own mission. We all have our own paths that we are meant to follow. And some of us get put onto it through tragedy and through trauma. And that's what happened for us. It's, it's through the trauma that we learned. Dana, does Haley continue to take cannabis oil? Um, she's not as vigilant. I won't say she's as vigilant as she used to be. She's, um, because she doesn't consider herself sick, which she never did anyway, but especially today, cause it's been, you know, three years that she's, it's three, nearly three and a half actually that she's been, um, in remissions. Oh, for her, it's, um, not something that, uh, plays into her, to her daily routine of worrying about cancer coming back or being sick. It's not something that enters her mind. So it's usually me reminding her, did you take any oil this week? Or, you know, you should take some oil. <laughs> if mm. I notice she looks tired or she's been out like with her friends all weekend or cause she's 22. So, you know, she's got her own life and she's out doing, you know, she works every day and she works as an ABA therapist with uh, autistic children. And, uh, so that's great. Just her purpose is to work with children. And, you know, she's learned a lot about the, um, the, how cannabinoid therapy actually can help children with autism and reverse their symptoms. So, you know, all of this all plays in together It all, all of what we're both doing with our lives now plays into what we have learned. Is she a big supporter of the use of cannabis like her mom? Oh yes. Huge, mm-hmm. <laughs> huge. <laughs> She is, and she doesn't mind telling people, she doesn't care what people think of her for how she's healed. She doesn't let that interfere with, or nor do I. Um, we don't care about people's judgments. I mean, people are always going to judge. That's part of life. But we always know that those with eyes to see and ears to hear will hear us. And that's what makes us keep going every day and, and put out the word and to share her story. And, you know, I work as a Reiki, I'm a master Reiki practitioner and a metaphysical teacher. And so, you know, there's a metaphysical, metaphysical reason for everything physical. And I've always been a medical intuitive. I shouldn't say that. I, what I should say is Haley's gifts really enhanced my gifts or sickness, enhanced every gift that I had metaphysically. Yeah. I've always been a medical intuitive. I've always been able to diagnose people with strange diseases without even knowing how I know, you know, those kinds of things. So when all these things were going on with her sickness, everything just was like little pieces fitting into puzzles for me. It was, um, it was puzzle pieces and confirmations of things that I'd always known from a very young age about health. And I, I always had, um, an issue with swallowing pills myself, even from a child, I couldn't swallow a pill. And it was more of a, a, a mind block, which just probably my body knew I shouldn't take them. Maybe I don't know. I look back now and that may be a reason, but I've always been one to try and stay away from any type of drugs or pills or medications. I've always been one to believe that 
you know, you can do this without that. So all this just confirmed everything for me. It was almost, like I said, a huge awakening. One of the interesting things I I get out of your story is that your daughter helped you grow and yes. helped you towards your your path in life. And right. as a result of her illness, it helped her grow as well. So you, Absolutely. So you grew together. We did. Yeah. I had her when I was 20 years old. We've grown together, right? She's 22 now. I'm going to be 43. So there's 20 years apart. So we have grown together. She's always been a teacher for me. And that's what we are to each other. Everyone is a teacher to one another. You're a teacher to me. I'm speaking to you right now. You know, we're having a conversation. I'm giving you information. You're giving me information. We're teaching each other. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do when in any relationship, we are teachers to one another. And so, yes, we have taught each other and inspired each other. And hopefully we inspire other people. Do you get a lot of people emailing you or messaging you for yes. help? Yes, yes, yeah. all the time. And I, you know, and that's what breaks my heart the most because I was that person. I was that one looking for those that information. I was the one in the, that panic state trying to find answers for my child so that I didn't lose her. I was that mom. Mm-hmm. I was that person, and I deal with those people on a daily basis now. And I understand where they come from. They want answers, and in their heart, they know there's got to be. And so because they, know, they see our story and they hear what I do, my work that I do, and I do this locally, I, and I also work with people, like I said, from all over the world. I'm in contact with people from Australia, New Zealand, um, you know, like different places. And through Haley's story and, and me counseling them holistically, naturopathically, and I read their their individual energies, and I am able to work with them intuitively. Because there's no one-size-fits-all cure for any disease or illness. There's just too many variables. Mm-hmm. You can blame it on genetics. You can blame it on this. You can blame it on that. That individual person has a story to their illness, to what led up to them becoming ill. Illness is meant for us to take a step back all the time. Because when, when our bodies are breaking down... We need to stop and take a break. That's what, that's what illness does. It puts things into perspective for you. One of the things that strikes me is the deficiency in the modern medical system, the allopathic system, is that the psychology of the person really isn't taken into account. It's not, and this is the whole thing. We, we don't under, what, what the problem is is that the medical industry doesn't, te- doesn't treat based on emotional, mental, spiritual physical well-being they're treating physical symptoms that's it they're not getting to the root and the problem is is that many of our illnesses are rooted through the emotional mental bodies and doctors are unaware of how to do this other than to prescribe antidepressants or anti-anxieties anti-anxiety medication and and a lot of these medications perpetuate extra problems extra issues, extra health problems. And so we need to start, stop trying to think that there's this one pill out there that's going to make us better because there isn't. Even with cannabis, yes, physiologically, yes, physically, it can heal your body. But again, if you're going to take cannabis oil and continue to smoke or, or smoke cigarettes or drink alcohol or continue to eat preservative foods and drink water filled with fluoride, you can't expect cannabis to be a miracle because while it is one of the healing best healing agents that we can consume it still has so many other things to do with it's a mental emotional 
physical, spiritual balance. Everything needs to be in balance in order for the energies to move properly. And this is what happens. We get blocks in the energies from outside interference, which is environmental society, um, medications, the, the water we drink, the food we eat, it's all pesticides or herbicides. The, the meat is, um, you know, they're being hormone fed, steroid fed. So we're eating the meat of these animals that are filled with all these. And so all these toxins overload our bodies. And this is why our bodies break down. Yeah, it's very well put. Dana, it's good to know that your daughter Haley is in, is she in recovery or cured? Oh, I, we call her cured. We don't even think of her illnesses anymore. We haven't yeah. seen a she hasn't seen a doctor, and you know it's funny. Recently, she went to our our family doctor and had asked for a prescription for cannabis, simply because when she travels, she liked to have to take her oil with her. Mm-hmm. And so she asked for the prescription, and the doctor told her no, he might get sued. There hadn't been any studies done. Oh my god! <laughs> and, yeah, and she said, "Well, you know," and and Haley's, you know, she came home and she said to me, "You know what, mom?" She said, this is crazy. She said, I don't know what planet he lives on. She said, but you know, you can, it's legal to prescribe cannabis in Canada. And she said this to him and he said, well, you won't be getting it from me. And so this is what you deal with in the, in the system. You're dealing with doctors that are uneducated and uninformed. Basically they're just uninformed because they haven't been taught. You know, on PubMed, there are over 25,000 studies in cannabis, 25,000. Oh yeah. And there's, there's so many. And you know what? And so when these things happen, yeah, you can get really angry and and aggravated and want to, you know, get angry at this doctor. But you know what? The best thing to do is just go find one that will give you the prescription because these doctors, it's no no point to argue with them. It's it's best because just go find someone. So it only adds more stress to you. Go find a doctor that will prescribe. That's right. Dana, it was great to talk to you. Do you have uh, anything you want to say in conclusion? Um, You know, I just want people to realize that there's just too much to say. <laughs> no, I how, how can you really narrow it down to, you know, one or two things? I just really, we always just want people to believe in the power of, of the human body to heal itself because it, it is fully capable of healing itself without the outside interferences. Wonderful to talk to you. Thanks for your story. Oh, thank you. It was thank- great to connect with you guys. Thanks so much. And that's another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Wherever you are in the world... Thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodConX. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.